Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this We Forum feature HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent World Economic Forum video. We asked six business leaders how they see the working world post-COVID. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this We Forum feature HCI podcast episode. Today, I'll be exploring the recent World Economic Forum video. We asked six business leaders how they see the world post-COVID. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the world of work for good, but how? In this video, they speak with business leaders to find out, featuring insights from Baker McKenzie, Merck, HP, Telenor, Douchebank, and Mercer. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. I think one of the things that that really has happened is that productivity uh, has actually gone up, not down. People's commute times obviously are almost non-existent. So our senior leaders really have spent more time during the crisis because they couldn't travel. They spent more time during the crisis on virtual calls with teams, less time in security lines, and therefore felt both more productive and also more connected with the organization. Everybody fits in the Zoom room. They can all ask questions. It feels much more intimate and the whole leadership team can be there. We are having much more efficient discussions and we're doing a better job of making every, sure everybody gets hurt because we're all forced to live in the same frame. In this first clip, you hear from several global leaders about how the pandemic has really resulted in increased productivity and efficiencies in a variety of ways. Commutes have been largely cut out, and so people can spend that time uh, working. People are utilizing virtual technologies to collaborate in a virtual way and to involve more people in those virtual collaborations. There isn't as much travel, and so people aren't wasting time traveling. Uh, The bottom line is, and I've felt this myself, that the pandemic uh, has provided an opportunity for many, not all, but many, to work in more efficient and productive ways. Uh, Connect that with the flexibility that is inherent in remote and work from home work arrangements. And it's really been a nice benefit for a lot of people to have that opportunity. Of course, this is coupled with the challenges of working from home, especially when kids are also doing school from home and you're trying to juggle 
all of that at once, but uh, overall, we've seen an increase in productivity. I know for me personally, I've definitely experienced this. This I've always been a very productive person, uh, but this year, uh, well, last year, I guess, 2020, was by far my most productive year ever. I, I just did so much. I produced so much content, um, not just on the podcast, but writing and research and teaching and leadership and consulting, so much that I was able to accomplish and largely that was due to the pandemic. And that was even while I had six kids at home that I'm trying to help with school and I'm juggling all these different things. And so we have to look at post-pandemic, once things get a little bit more back to normal and we know that we can safely gather and still be healthy, uh, how much will things go back if we've seen so much increase in productivity and efficiency? to see now that we can actually bring down the number of layers uh, in an organization and it's coming from a more project-based way of work so you take away some of the kind of uh, um, traditional silos and hierarchical ways of work into much more cross-functional and project way of working so so this changes the basically the way you operate and that's the main benefit out of of the whole work from home uh, concept Another real benefit has been with virtual meetings and virtual technologies, more individuals have been able to be invited to team and leadership meetings. And as is mentioned in this clip, the result is that you see a flattening of organizations. You see more cross-functional teams uh, in terms of collaborations. It's just easier to get everyone together. Now, can this be overused and abused? Yes, I've, I've been in it. I've been in meetings where they have 100 people in the meeting because they can, because it's in teams. Um, but then you wonder, like, how much time is wasted with all these people who don't need to be there sitting in this meeting? So in, in one way, it's uh, democratizing the leadership function, and it's, it's really flattening the organization because more people are involved in those discussions, more people have the opportunity to contribute. But on the other hand, we still have to balance it with, like, who actually needs to be there. Um, so I, I think we still get to figure that out a bit, but overall I see it as a win that more people get involved in more discussions, especially around important strategic planning, uh, and initiatives. Over time, you realize that there's something missing for the way of collaboration to see each other, um, to sit together in a room, to see mimic, to see how people react to, to whatever you say, how you propose it. And, and, and that's something where we want to get back to. The world could go uh, remote. But as things stand, with the current constraints in terms of technology, we believe office will still be helpful for people to learn and you know collaborate, particularly when it comes to strategic topics or innovation. It's still easier, uh, you know, particularly in a brains business where a lot of you know, new ideas and innovation act happens when you bash great brains together and that brainstorming creates those new ideas. Uh, it's still difficult, right? Uh, it's still difficult uh, to do that in front of uh, just a camera. But everything isn't all rosy. And I think we've also all felt Zoom fatigue, uh, which is now a thing that we're referring to uh, because you find yourself in so many of these virtual meetings and that can be hard. Uh, but also, while flattening the organization and involving more people in discussions can be great and in some ways increase collaborations, 
there's also some real difficulties when we're not together in a physical space. So what's argued in this segment is, is that, yes, uh, there, there are efficiencies in increased productivity, but there also could be a decline in the creativity and innovation around those sorts of particular collaborations where it's just better to have people in the room together um, as they're trying to push their thinking and I, I think this is also true. And this makes uh, it, or really leads to the argument for a more hybrid approach moving into the future. Do we need to all be in person? Uh, do we all need to be virtual? Or is there some way that we can get the best of both worlds, get the efficiencies and productivities and the flexibility, frankly, that people enjoy with more remote work and work from home arrangements, but still have the opportunity to collaborate in the most effective ways? I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. When we onboard new employees now, we're really thinking there we want to be very planful about bringing people into onto sites even if they start from somewhere else and really make sure that they have a good onboarding, that they meet with lots of people. Maybe it's all the HR people come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then you collaborate that way or finance or whatever. And then you're gonna have a core of people who we kind of call the anchor people that will be in the office most days because they need to be. And then you'll have some people that may never come in the office. So we have a lot of, you know, different personas, as we call them, depending on the work that you do and where you're located. So we have to think creatively about who needs to be in the physical workspace. Uh, when you're onboarding new employees, can that be done effectively, remotely? Or do you want them to come to the corporate office uh, for... Uh, onboarding trainings and other other ways to get them really connected with the organization to help them feel uh, the culture, help them to to feel and see the vision and mission and purpose of the organization uh, to get training. Uh, that that's a really important question. And then what's the mix? So if if we are in a more hybrid environment where some people are working from home a few days a week, uh, coming to the office a couple days a week, 
what are the core functional areas that have to be in place um, more consistently, perhaps all of the time or at least more consistently, versus who is, is more um, able to, to be on a flexible remote schedule working from home primarily and only coming into the office when necessary. Uh, this is something that each organization individually is going to have to figure out. It also opens up the possibility as you have more remote workers that you can have people outside of your corporate headquarters or wherever your office ha happens to be, that people can uh, be, be anywhere. They can be digital nomads for all you care as long as they have good connection and they are available during the normal hours of, of working operation. And so that opens up the labor pool and the opportunity to get really great people. So balancing that with the needs of the in-person um, collaborations and work and just making sure the needs of the organization are being met is something that each organization is really going to have to wrestle with and figure out post-pandemic. The old way is where you come in, you clock your time, you work your time and you leave again. Of course, we have ways to give people tasks, to fulfill the task within that time. But if you hand over the responsibility to people to say, by tomorrow we want to have that strategy done or by next week, and then you leave it up to them, how they most effectively use their time, how much they concentrate, how much they chat with colleagues, how much they work on their own, how much collaboration they need. One of the real benefits of remote work and work from home arrangements is it puts you in a situation where you do have to rely more on and trust more in your people to, to monitor their own time because you're not there physically. So whether our intention is to be a micromanager or not, I think when we're in the same physical space, it's just easier to do. When you're working virtually, it's harder to do, to, to do those regular check-ins and to see what someone's working on. And I think that's largely a good thing. We need to learn to trust our people. We need to learn to empower them uh, so that they can take ownership over how and when they work to get things done. So you have goals. You, they know what needs to get accomplished. Who cares how they're really working to accomplish the goal as long as it's done in a healthy and ethical way and gets accomplished uh, when you need it. And so ultimately, uh, this pandemic has forced us into more of these discussions about what is really necessary in terms of monitoring time uh, or how much can we just move towards more of a process-based and output-based approach to performance rather than butts and seats, clocking in, clocking out, how long are you putting in FaceTime at the office? So, for example, if you are a first-line manager, how do you manage an underperformer who may be sitting at home, right? How do you induct a new joiner? How do you ensure that they're provided with the right kind of opportunities, mentored so that they can grow? How do you manage them through that, through that process? We even more actively need to communicate, but more intentionally need to communicate and need to tell people, this is our common strategy. This is what I expect from you and your team. By that time, do you understand what I'm, what I'm expecting? Another challenge of virtual work and work from home arrangements during the pandemic has been performance management. How do you mentor and coach and have those kind of conversations and discussions and performance management uh, conversations when someone is working remotely? 
It can't happen as organically as it may have happened in the office. You observe something, you pull them aside. Hey, can I chat for a minute? Uh, and you have a, that conversation in real time. Uh, it's a little bit different, though, in a virtual world, and you may not have the organic opportunities. So you just need to be more deliberate. You need to be more structured. You need to make sure that you're having opportunities to check in, not uh, in an obnoxious way where you're checking in constantly during the day. Uh, you don't want to micromanage people while they're working remotely, but you, that you have cadence uh, reg on a regular basis that you can just get connected, have a conversation, see where they're at, where they're going, what they need help with, how you can support them. And that gives you the opportunity to also provide coaching and mentoring and performance uh, discussions can happen as appropriate as necessary. It has to be deliberate though. And what we clearly see the biggest change is that um, a majority of people over 70% now would prefer a more flexible work model with one or two days per week at least at home, as opposed to pre-COVID, it was exactly the other way around. So, so that really changed dramatically. If at all, one could see, say this pandemic has had also some lessons learned, then of course it had, it speeded up a lot of uh, ways of thinking about how to work with each other and how flexible work models can look like. And to preserve that and develop that in the future is, is our main task. I've seen this in my own research as well in surveys that I've done with workers and leaders internationally in many countries in Europe as well as in the U.S. that it is flipped, the preference is flipped. And so while previously most people preferred to go to work in person and only a minority wanted to be able to work remotely and from home, uh, the pandemic has opened people's eyes to the benefits, the, the, how nice it is to, to have that flexibility, uh, how nice it is to work remotely when you have a decent setup at home, how nice it is to not have to commute. And while people still recognize the need to be together in person, uh, it's completely flipped. So now uh, the vast majority want to be able to have at least some remote work opportunities uh, and a, a small minority want to be in the office all the time. What does this mean? Again, it means that there's probably going to be many hybrid approaches taken by organizations where there's some sort of a mix, uh, which provides for the, that productivity and efficiency um, that we talked about earlier. Uh, as well as some of those collaborative pieces. It provides those opportunities for face-to-face -face conversations uh, around coaching, mentoring, and performance. It, it, it provides opportunities for face-to-face -face onboarding, for collaborations. Um, really, it's the best of both worlds when you can have that hybrid kind of an approach. Uh, there will certainly be people that continue to be fully remote once we come out of this pandemic, and there will certainly be people who go back to work full-time in person, in the office. But I think more than we've ever seen before, there's going to be quite the mix. And ultimately, each organization's gonna have to figure out what that mix is gonna look like for them. At the end of the day, I believe the pandemic has taught us many important lessons about organizational structures, about the nature of work, about how to lead people uh, in a remote environment as well as in person what's necessary, which assumptions were false, which, which things can be challenged, 
And it's really forced us to have great strategic conversations and for leaders to really think carefully about all of these related issues. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.